This episode is sponsored by Notable, the premier cross-industry network designed to support advanced leaders not yet in the C-suite. If you desire a confidential space to tackle the unique challenges of further sharpening your leadership acumen, increasing your network of strategic supporters, building a high-performing team culture, or expanding your capability for roles of broader scope and responsibility, then membership in Notable is just for you. Learn more and apply at joinnotable.net. I like to say this now, like looking back, it doesn't matter whether you live in the north or the south or you're in the cold or the sun or whatever. Like what we found is like Americans in general are struggling with this same chronic health conditions, regardless of where we're from. Welcome to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast where we equipped you to more effectively lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. Each week, we help you sharpen your leadership acumen by cracking open the playbooks of dynamic leaders who are doing big things in their professional endeavors. And now your host, leadership tactics and organizational development expert, Karen Farrell-Rhodes. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and welcome to today's episode. You know, I've been fortunate to not yet have had to require the services of a chiropractor, but I have had many friends who have, but they report mixed results. They frequently talk about the pain, the medication, and the joint readjustments that occur, much of which, to be honest with you, makes me shudder and queasy. But on today's show, we're very pleased to feature Dr. Christy Harvell, who is the CEO of Health by Design, a wellness chiropractor leader who also focuses on clinical nutrition. She is passionate about applying true health care rather than sick care to create changes in a person's health. And Dr. Christy works with patients from all walks of life to provide natural, sustainable pain relief and preventative care. She is absolutely fantastic and wonderful. You know, she also believes that the cure to many sources of chronic pain doesn't lay in addictive substances or expensive surgeries, but in chiropractic and nutritional care. I know you're going to enjoy her insights as I did. So be sure to listen to the entire episode and then stay tuned for my closing segment called Karen's Take, where I share a tip on how to use insights from today's episode to further sharpen your leadership acumen. And now enjoy the show. Hi there, superstars. This is Karen and welcome to today's episode of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. I hope you are ready for a truly dynamic episode. It's a little bit different, but still provides a lot of information that is very important to you all as leaders. I am so pleased to have on today's show, Dr. Christy Harvell, who is the founder of Health by Design, which is a wellness center that is focused on a variety of health interventions. And I'm going to let her tell a little bit more about that in just a second, so I don't characterize it wrong. But welcome to the podcast, Dr. Christy. We're so happy to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we're truly excited for you to give us a sneak peek into your own leadership playbook and how that has really helped to drive your personal and professional careers. So, uh, but before we jump into that, 
I would love for you to share as much as you feel comfortable, a little bit about your background, maybe where you uh, were born, where you grew up as well, and then just a sneak peek into your professional life thus far. Well, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from the Finger Lakes. And now I now I live in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. So, you know, I did the thing that most people want to do and got out of the cold weather and everything. But I've been self-employed for 20 years. And that's since I graduated from chiropractic school. So, like, I never went to work for another doctor. I just was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> that's kind of my personality anyway. And I think like I was maybe fortunate in it, maybe a rare case like that I knew my career path like since middle school, like I always knew I wanted to be a doctor of some sort. And then I found this whole like alternative thing along the way. And, you know, with bends and twists in the roads kind of followed my passions and everything. But as far as, you know, growing up in upstate New York, it was great. I had a dad who was in corporate America. And I think he really shaped, you know, my go-getter personality and really like breathed a lot into me that I could pursue whatever I, you know, desired. And he really like kind of pushed me along. I was always super supportive. But when I went to chiropractic school, like they don't teach you a whole lot about running a business or being a business owner or an entrepreneur, you know. And so I had to figure that out as I went along. And luckily, I've been really good at it. But I practiced. I had a wellness practice in upstate New York and Rochester, New York for 12 and a half years. And then we moved to Jacksonville for my husband's career almost eight years ago now. And it's kind of a cool thing because... As far as my professional story, I got to start over again. I got to recreate myself and my practice and really reflect on what I loved, what worked, what didn't work, what I could scrap or was maybe excess and just build it better and, you know, bigger and better. And what we'll share, you know, I'm sure through the podcast is that it was like almost like an overnight success because of applying what we already knew. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I definitely want to unpack the layers of that onion on that that transition you had. And I think that it's it was really insightful you sharing that, you know, you kind of knew what bucket of umbrella of career that you wanted to be in at all times, but you still kept yourself open to pivots and specializations as you went along along the way. So I think that is very astute of you as a young person, and you're still very young, but as a young person, <laughs> uh, which is really, really cool. One of the reasons why I definitely wanted to feature you on the podcast is that a lot of our audience are leaders that are within corporate America or leaders that similar to you are leading their own business efforts as well. But as anyone knows, it's a balancing act, being able to put your best self forward. You got to have your health. Right. And that is an area that a lot of us really don't talk about that much, except with our, you know, intimate family. And I wanted to be sure to let folks know kind of what your practice does and, you know, how you look at the holistic person um, as you all decide alternatives. So I know that's a lot, but let's start with how you transitioned what your former business looked like to where it is now. And then I would love to hear a little bit more how you approach, say, new patients as they're trying to really navigate through what's going on with their bodies. Yeah, so it was fun because I like to say this now, like looking back, it doesn't matter whether you live in the north or the south or you're in the cold or the sun or whatever. Like what we found is like Americans in general are struggling with this 
same chronic health conditions, regardless of where we're from. And it doesn't matter if you're a small business owner and you're in corporate America or you work for somebody else. And what's really interesting is it all revolves around stress. So that might be a trigger. <laughs> trigger Very much so. Yes. That's and, what I see too. Yeah. And so like be, over the course of 20 years in practice, like I've called myself now the stress expert because what traditional medicine tells us is that 90% of all diseases and disorders are stress-related. However, what I found is that in traditional medicine, they don't have an awesome way of dealing with stress to be preventative and to spend enough time educating the patient and holding them accountable to make new habits and lifestyle changes. And so that's really what we focus on in our practice, regardless of what a patient might walk in the door. And then we've actually adopted technology called heart rate variability that measures somebody's stress. It gives them the stress age. And it's kind of a wow factor because it's an interesting thing. Like most people really underestimate the amount of stress that their body is under because I think there's a, I have a lot of theories of why that is, of course, you know, but I don't know if it's just become a cultural thing, like it's become a norm, if it's because we're just comparing ourselves to the next stressed out person or we're like, you know, maybe like, well, I'm doing my thing and I'm fine and I can get through my day and all. And maybe the body's like screaming and sending some messages that help me over here. Yeah, time out, time out. (laughs) Yeah, but we have a reason to push past it. You know what I mean? And then another reason just physiologically is like the body can adapt to high level of stress for really long periods of time. And so there isn't really a great gas gauge or, you know, like switch or anything on the surface of the body that tells us when it's too much. And until sometimes like it's a big red flag, like a big call to action or something scary or like a big health crisis. And of course, being an alternative medicine, like we know people have a lot more choices as far as natural medicine or seeing somebody like I do without the heroics of modern medicine, the earlier we intervene. And so, you know, we're really teaching proactive and preventative care. I love that. And is that where the primary area of your practices now has that, is that what the big change was to be a lot more proactive? I mean, what resonated with when you moved to Jacksonville, the kind of the new focus, what resonated with your new clients, if you will, to bring them in? Well, I think it was interesting. So my first degree is a doctor of chiropractic. And so in my first practice in New York, I applied chiropractic first. You know, I marketed and advertised. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. And then as years went on, I've gotten all these additional certifications and training in nutrition and kinesiology and functional medicine. I'm a nerd. And that's one of my little principles of success is always be open to continued learning. You know, like don't be closed off that you know it all. You're going to, you know, and as, and what I found is like, as more patients came in, they came in with more complicated things and I had to add to my arsenal and to my toolbox. But when I came here, I find that when you introduce yourself, like in networking, you know, imagine like I'm starting over, I know nobody. So like, I'm like, hi, I'm Dr. Christie. Like, I decided that I was not going to introduce myself as a chiropractor. I decided that I was going to introduce myself as a wellness doctor, and I was going to market the nutritional side of my practice because that leaves the conversation open. Most people, I'm like, hey, I'm a chiropractor, and they're like, oh, I've never needed one. And I'm like, well, how do you know that, you know? 
And again, because I don't want, want to wait until somebody's in a car accident or has a major trauma and is in radiating pain and has weakness in the limb to go in there and work on them. And I know that chiropractic philosophy is very much, you know, holistic, meant to be a healthcare all in of itself in that we treat the nervous system, not just neck pain, back pain and headaches. And so I just wanted to keep the conversation open. And so here in Jacksonville, I started with a nutrition practice and now I adjust people as needed. But when I'm adjusting them, their body holds the alignment better because they're well-nourished. I've taken care of their inflammation. We've gotten some of the stress managed and under control. And so people like me better because I don't have to see them as often and it's less expensive, you know? (laughs) That's right. I love that pivot that you made um, because I don't think, and I'm not in your business, so tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think no many chiropractors had led with, I'm a wellness expert or specialist because, and maybe they have, um, but what appeals to me about that is that, like you said, it it lays the groundwork and opens the door for the second and third conversation, right? Because I think all of us in some way, shape or form are dealing with something in wellness, whether it's, you know, mental wellness or something physical or something, you know, wellness is such a big category. And I think it invites the conversation. And I'm sure out of that conversation, you can zone in on, well, let's start at nutrition, but then, you know, we're going to probably uncover other areas that we may want to concentrate on, but we could decide together, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it allows for a much more individualized approach instead of a cookie cutter, like everybody in the door gets the same thing, you know, or it's not a, it's not a recipe book. It's not cookie cutter. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of our audience listeners are in the corporate world, both in America and around the globe, but they're usually leaders within a corporate type of structure, which has a lot of, as you know, a lot of stress, (laughs) a lot of uh, time pressures, a lot of office politics and office dynamics that they're having to navigate through. And it just with our coaching clients, we're seeing where that stress is contributing to a lot of physical and mental strain and impact. Um, it, it carries into their whole, you know, mind, bodies, and soul. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to share, I'll tease it, and I'm not doing it to promote it, but I think this will be a good, like, catchphrase for your audience. Oh, please. Yeah. Yes. You know, what we named our webinar, which is on stress, is how to conquer stress, brain fog, and fatigue and find your calm, collected, most productive and highest self. Because those oh, are wow. total opposites, right? Right. And that's what we find that people are really dealing with when you drill down into this whole like stress. It's really impacting their ability to be clear and focused and productive. You know, maybe people like myself, this happened to me. It was part of my story. I I'm self-employed, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can make my own schedule and do what I want. And I don't have to answer to anybody. And that all sounded really good. But what most people know, whether you're in corporate, self-employed and entrepreneur, is that that just means you never, you never end, right? Like, I'm home on Friday or on a Sunday or at 10 p.m. I And I think people, it doesn't matter what industry you're in because there's no boundaries anymore. With technology, we're accessible all the time. And um, I think people have to put themselves first and prioritize self-care and kind of draw a line in the sand so that they aren't just accepting that maybe brain fog and irritability and being short with their families and having no energy left 
you know, no reserves in the tank at the end of the day for anything more. That's not a normal and you can't go on like that forever. You can. You're so right. And, you know, I've spent over 20 years in corporate America and dealt, you know, all the way up to the executive ranks. And what I would say focus on is work-life integration. I don't think there is such thing as a balance. It's where you, to your point, you're always accessible and you have to prioritize, as you mentioned, like what needs is most urgent and most beneficial needs to be done now. And sometimes it's your family, um, maybe going to you know one of your kids' events or meeting with teachers or go taking someone to an appointment, and then other times it's at work, you know, leading you know a conversation on strategy for the next quarter. You know, it, it just depends. And now that you know, I founded my own firm, similar to you, it brings a whole nother complexity to that, and it's still work life integration, but. You do find yourself at times having to, you know, get proposals out or having to do some client work so they'll be ready for the following week. But to your point, you've got to define self-care and ring fence time for yourself, right? right. Absolutely. And like, it's funny because we, te- you know, we teach mind-body medicine and we teach nutrition and diet and lifestyle and meal planning and all the things that go with it. But it is not, it can never be exclusive of coping strategies and you know, time blocking and other things for mind body balance and just your mental and spiritual wellness as well. Like you just can't exclusively handle only your physical body without all those other components being in place. Yeah, you sure can't. You sure can't at all. And so I'm just curious, Dr. Christy, for you, like personally, what does it take for you to be the best leader in your organization? Are there certain things that you do or innovation interventions or mindsets that you try to maintain to be at your best as long as you can. I mean, we all have times when we're like, okay, I'm tired. I need a break, but. Yes. Out of necessity. Absolutely. And that's just like, what I'm saying is like, I never tell anybody to do something that I haven't tried or currently do myself. So like, I never give it, I'm never a hypocrite. Like I never do suggest something that I don't think is doable because I recognize like with your audience too, like we're all busy. We all feel like our schedules already packed to the gills. And sometimes like when I bring up like the idea of meal prepping, people are like, yeah, great. That's good for you. But like, I don't have time to do it. And I'm like, I promise you there are ways to do it. Like I'm the efficiency queen. Like if there is a way to do it in the most efficient, least amount of time, but I can I'll help you. I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, time block it. I'll write you a procedure. I'll record you a video and show you how I do it here at my house. You know what I mean? But now, because I know that I can't do what I do to the level that I do it without being well and balanced myself, that my husband and I now call those like non-negotiables. There's just certain aspects of my day. I get up at 5 a.m. I thought I would never be able to get up an hour earlier because I was burnt out, stressed, exhausted, brain fatigue. And I was like, well, I need sleep at some point. I know the importance of sleep. But I get up at 5 a.m. I go, we built like a workout facility in our home. I don't have to get pretty. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to talk to people. (laughs) You know, I just go in there and get it done. I have an infrared sauna. So even in my self-care time, I'm still multitasking while I'm in the sauna. I read my daily devotional. Or now, you know, towards the end of the year, we're getting ready for 2023, kind of writing affirmations and goal setting. 
just get myself in the right mindset before I ever even say hello to anybody or talk. Nobody's awake. Like, that's just my time that I've carved out for myself. What I love about that is if I get it over with, it's not running behind my behind the scenes in my brain. Like, okay, when I get home, I'm going to work out. Okay, maybe after I eat, I'm going to work out. Okay, I'm just going to, like, pound out a couple more emails and then I'll... And I figured out I was spending more energy <laughs> with this constant self-talk dialogue. I got so sick of hearing myself saying the same thing that I was like, I would spend less time if I just worked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love it. And yes, and I just want the listeners to know, even if you're not a morning person, you can switch it up to whatever your natural productive time is. Because I do something very similar to Dr. Christie, except I do it in the evenings. Well, actually, while my, I'm a night owl, so I sleep later than most, but I am most productive at night. And so I, I do work on in the morning, but I do bring fence time for thinking and planning and in the evening. So while everyone is like settling down or going to bed or having that late night snack, I'm focused because that's my productive time. But that works for me. So I say that to say, be self-aware about yourself. And then build into your schedule what works best for you on those times, right? Absolutely. And some of the audiences, they're traveling all the time. You know, like we wrote programs and and I'd say that too. Like I'm not, I'm aware like people live on the road. And so when I'm giving advice about diet and foods and reading labels and all, like you can do it on the road. There definitely are ways to do it. Does it add a little extra Yes, it does, but it still can be done, you know, it can be done. and I think what's important for if people are listening and they're kind of like already like, okay, like I can't, I don't even know where to start. That's natural because of all of health and wellness, like there's so much conflicting information out there, you know, like you read one article and then the next one conflicts it and you're like, I don't know who to listen to, whatever, but we wrote programs for busy people. And my word was that it can be sustainable. And the thing to know is that if you haven't yet started, that's okay. Your conviction to stay committed to the self-care practices will come with regular exercise of it. Like, that's why I say, like, to me and my husband now, we know that we can't perform, feel good, be alert, and able to bend and shift and pivot with the times. Thank God we had all this in place already during this whole pandemic time, and we knew the effects of stress. They're now non-negotiables because I know the contrast of feeling well and being present and having leftovers for my family, being able to get, you know, use my God-given talents and purpose and give back to my community. Like that's so important to me. And I know I can't do it if I don't take care of me first. And so once you feel good, you know, it's like exercise, like it hurts to get started. But once you realize like you're at your highest performance, it helps you get rid of stress chemicals in your body. You aren't as achy and fatigued at the end of the day. You don't want to let it go because you associate it with a positive, right? That's true. That is so true. And you've given us so many great nuggets, um, Dr. Christy, but if you could give us just one advice, we try to add a piece of advice or a tip to what we call our leadership playbook. So if there was one piece of advice or tip that you want to make sure that all of our listeners know and follow, what would that be? 
I know I wrote, I was writing out these principles to get ready. And I'm like, I came up with like 13 principles. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, share a couple. I'll to you. No, share um, a couple that jump out for you. Share a couple. Well, I think that it's important to pivot. You know, like you use that word a lot yourself, but you become obsolete very quickly in business. If you think you've got it all figured out and you think that what you always did will always work. I mean, the pandemic was the biggest in your face. Like if that wasn't enough evidence that like you've got to be able to bend and twist and pivot with the times. And, you know, it's been interesting for us. Like we've explored on the business side of things, things I never thought we would ever do. You know, like we always thought that our practice, for example, was like clinical and admin. And like, sure, we intermingle and like the clinical's job, like definitely relies on the admin to do their stuff. And the admin absolutely have to rely on the clinical to see the patients and move things through and make decisions. But like, there's some things, for example, like inventory that like, I never would have ever thought to have my clinical team involved in inventory. That seems like a complete admin thing. But it's been beautiful because it's helped us be efficient. You guys probably are also some of your listeners, depending on industry, dealing with like supply chain and shipping issues and material shortages and everything. Well, our admin wasn't poised to make decisions about, okay, well, if this product is no longer available, what's the next best or how to research, you know, another supplement, for example, or vitamin that could be used in place maybe from a different vendor. And so it's just, That was one example of that pivot and being open to the fact that like, just because and just because nobody in your industry is doing it doesn't mean that it's not a better way. Like no business management company ever in 20 years of studying told me to have your clinical team be involved with your admin, you know, do some admin tasks. Right. Never. (laughs) But you found it out and you found how beneficial it was though, right? And kept it. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. What's another one on that masterful list you got there? It was fun for me to reflect because I think a lot of type A multitasker people like myself probably aren't really great at like celebrating victories. I'm like a check, right? Check it off the to-do list. What's next kind of deal. And so even just preparing for the interview was a good have it in reflection. And so I think that is a really good one. It's like, it's easy to get busy and check next kind of a thing. But even for our mental well-being, like to celebrate wins and victories, it's important. Very important. Very, very important. Well, I also wanted to ask you, um, and I do this with all the guests, you know, I wrote a book on leadership execution and there were, out of our research, there were, you know, there were a lot of them, but there were, we came up with the top seven tactics or behaviors that the most successful leaders actually executed. And out of that, I wondered if any of those seven really resonated for you. Yeah, it was, there was a tie between the intellectual horsepower and the intrapreneurship. I think that, you know, I love the the idea of intellectual horsepower to be able to look around corners. I think there's a lot of movies that have been written like this. That was your superpower that you could see in the future. The answers kind of a thing. Some of them are kind of spooky. (laughs) You're right. That's important to have foresight and to predict, you know, as things happen and being able to like, again, it's that word pivot, but to think on your feet, right? And quickly be able to change directions and to get your team on board with that. Because not every personality style in your organization 
is the leader. You know, we're very comfortable with on the fly decisions. Okay, cool. We're going to do it this way, making quick decisions. That makes some people on your team really uncomfortable, right? It does. It does. (laughs) And then the entrepreneurship, like I was saying, just I'm the efficiency queen because I think it really keeps us mentally clear and prevents all that fog. You know, they say like multitasking, but you're really multi-failing. You can't be doing everything at once. We're not a we're not a computer. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, we're not a computer, right? And even your computer, you know, if you have too many programs open up, is less efficient, slows down, gets bogged down, and you're you're the same way. Like you try to have too many things going on at the same time, and now you're just not efficient at any of them. Yeah. No, you're so right. You're so right. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to stretch you a little bit and ask you a little a challenging question. Hopefully not too challenging, but I always say we know a great leader when we experience one and we know a bad leader uh, where we experience one as well. And it's on both sides of the house, whether it's in corporate America or whether you're running your own business. And I don't want you to identify anyone because we want to protect <laughs> all of them. But I'm just curious if you think, if you can think about a time when someone really failed at leadership or there was a bad leadership effort that you experienced. It could be, you know, at a restaurant, it could be within, um, you know, with the, a client or a vendor, what have you. But I'm just curious, what was one of the biggest leadership fails that you've experienced? I think it's when the leader thinks that they're the only one at the top or they're the only one mm-hmm. that knows everything. That's, That's great. Thing. Like, you know, then, I heard you ask one of your other guests, like what one of their pet peeves was. And this doesn't necessarily have to, you think like entitlement or having disregard for others would be something like maybe uh, somebody, an employee of yours might have, but leaders very well can have those same traits. And those are pet peeves of mine. It's like disregard, like why, if you feel, to me, I tell me, I'm not a micromanager. I don't have time to micromanage and I don't don't either. (laughs) anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. um, If you have people on board that are well trained and you hired the right people, like let them go. And one of the, you know, one of the business strategists that I've worked with over 20 years said, like, don't inspect until it goes wrong. And so if things are going well, even if they're not doing it the exact way you trained them or using your exact words or doing it on the day of the week that you suggested or whatever, you know maybe that will help you discover a nuance of a better way to do it. That's right. You're so right. And using the people for their talents. People are happier when you use them for their true gifts. Yes. And recognize them for that. It's a little easier in small businesses because we all have to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. But that's the way it is anywhere. We all have to do tasks that maybe we don't love. That's just part of being in having a job yeah yeah <laughs> there's aspects of it that you love and then there's other aspects that'll make you feel uncomfortable but to the best of your abilities when you can plug the right people in for their skill set they're going to thrive because they feel needed and rewarded and that they have some say in the outcome that's perfect and to your point being intentional about at least carving out a bit of space for them to be able to shine is very important as a leader yeah for sure definitely All right. Well, Dr. Christy, before we let you go, um, we'll do our final segment, which is called Full Disclosure. And I promise you there's no gotcha questions. (laughs) 
we just like to get a few fun facts about yourself to share with the audience as well. And so let me start off by asking you, what is your favorite vacation destination thus far? Oh, that's easy. That's St. Lucia. My husband and I got married and in St. Lucia, and we went back for our five-year anniversary, and then this April will be our 10-year anniversary, and we're going back. Congratulations! Again. That's amazing. <laughs> Everybody that's like high-powered business executive people need a place where you can really feel like you unplug, and that place does it for both of us. It's not just like my favorite place, and I drag him along with me. Like <laughs> We both get the get to actually feel unplugged, and so we love it. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. What is one of your hobbies? What is there, one of the things you like to do in your downtime? I don't have that. Do you have any downtime? I really <laughs> like working and being productive. Like, people are like, really? And I'm like, no, I do. But we love the outdoors. That's why we moved from cold New York to Florida. Um, we don't use the beach as often as we thought we would. We have a pool here at home. So just relaxing by the pool. Um, Scott and I both golf, so that's our one, like, outdoor thing. My dogs over here, we go um, walking the dogs and going on trails and that kind of thing when it's not a 1,000 degrees and 100% humidity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. <laughs> All right, and the last question is the actually not a question for you. You're, I'm going to let you turn the tables on me and ask me one question. It can be anything you'd like. Well, I just thought it was interesting because you get to talk to all these amazing leaders and there have obviously been a lot of changes in how we do business over the last couple of years. Of all the people that you've interviewed and all the stuff that you research, what has been the biggest change, do you think, or the most impactful way that somebody navigated it? As far as a leadership effort, you mean? Yeah. Well, gosh, there's so many stories. You know, obviously I could tell. One of the things that is top of mind for me right now, it seems like almost all leaders, unless you're an entrepreneur, almost all leaders are really focused on kind of the war for talent, you know, having great either employees or vendors or collaborators, just the war for talent to have the right skill sets in place to make sure any leadership effort you're trying to lead is is working correctly. And then that is across industries, is across job functions, you name it. And with the global nature of the world of business right now, you find a lot of folks are having to get creative about where they're finding that talent. And it's in some not typical sources, to be honest with you. You know, there a lot of organizations are taking another look at former people who are incarcerated, if it was something minor that they just happened to have a few days in, you know, not automatically Xing them out of the, the, the pool. Um, a lot of people are also looking at those that are disabled in certain type of ways. So we're looking at their skill sets. Uh, we see a lot large, larger effort around veterans, veterans who are transitioning back into civilian life. So I know it's a little bit more focused kind of on the people side of business because that's kind of where I live and breathe. But I would boil it down to finding the right collaborators, no matter your business job function uh, or title, getting the right strategic supporters around you to get things done. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Christie, for the gift of your time. We've had a fantastic time with you on the podcast. We will definitely have a lot of your links uh, to more information and your upcoming webinar in our show notes. But are there any last thoughts that uh, you'd like to share with our audience or if you'd like to put a voice behind where they can find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Jacksonville. We're on, we've got a podcast called Weird Works. You know, we've got, we're on social media, Health by Design, Dr. Christy H. You'll be able to find us. I just really want people to shine and be their best version of themselves. This is definitely the self-care and health first. You can't have wealth without health, at least not for very long. And so I would just encourage the audience to, you know, in the new year's coming, put themselves first, draw a line in the sand, start implementing some of the practices that we mentioned, or maybe jump on the webinar that we're going to share in the notes. There's ways that you can do it. I promise that it doesn't have to be a second job. That's right. (laughs) I love that. All right, superstars, you heard it here first. Prioritize yourself. There's a lot of help and resources out here for you. You just have to be open to them. And we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Please like and share with a friend. We'd love to have more members in our leadership community. We thank you for your time and see you next episode. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Dr. Christy Harville, CEO of Health by Design. Links to her bio, her entry into our leadership playbook, and additional resources can be found in the show notes, both on your favorite podcast platform of choice and on our website at leadyourgamepodcast.com. And now for Karen's take on today's topic of a holistic approach to your health. Now, as you're aware, I'm not a medical professional and I will not attempt to play one here on this podcast. But what I will emphasize is that you always should consider a holistic approach when you're thinking about the upkeep of your health. For those who are not familiar, a holistic approach really just means to consider either support or interventions that look at your whole health and not just a singular area of focus, like not just on your mental or just on your physical or emotional, social or spiritual needs. There is a concept called integrative health and integrative health really brings conventional and complementary approaches together in a coordinated way. And a great resource for you is the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health, which is actually a division under the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I checked them out and they have a fantastic website and it includes a lot of information like on pain management or symptom management, um, different nutritional approaches, mindfulness and other physical interventions. So we'll be sure to include the link to the NCCIH's website in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. And remember, if you don't have your health, your quality of life may be negatively impacted. And I, for one, want you kicking on all cylinders so that you too can lead at the top of your game. Thanks so much for listening, you all, and see you next week. Bye-bye. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we help you lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. You can check out the show notes, additional episodes, bonus resources, and also submit guest recommendations on our website at leadyourgamepodcast.com. 
You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for the name Karen Rhodes with Karen being spelled K-A-R-A-N. And if you like the show, the greatest gift you can give would be to subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast has been a production of Shockingly Different Leadership, a global consultancy which helps organizations execute their people, talent development, and organizational effectiveness initiatives on an on-demand project or contract basis. Huge thanks to our production and editing team for a job well done. Goodbye for now.